0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Look & Listen Podcast. Once again, we're back with another one-on-one episode. And as you already know, each one of these is designed to bring you a brand new conversation, brand new interview, brand new perspective. the is a brand new introduction. Oh, some brand new production. out and we'll get into this episode and this brand new topic. the information that we give to you on this brand new episode and that you'll come back for more and more look and listen baby time. Let's go ahead and get this thing started. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audio book, download, and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash look listen pod. There are over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Yo, 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 yo. What's up, people? It's been a long, long time since I've been on the microphone. And uh, a whole lot of shit has happened in the time since I've been gone. But uh, we're back now, man. Look and Listen Podcast is back hopefully some of y'all are still out there still subscribing still listening and uh when you see this brand new episode pop up on your podcast feed maybe you get a little excited and be like oh shit lb is back you know what i mean um man it's been so much shit that happened since the last episode i'm gonna just go ahead and give you a quick rundown and uh we'll get out of here um First and foremost, you know what I'm saying, I got to thank everybody who's who has been listening and, and maybe even has been waiting for a brand new episode of the show. You know what I mean? Um, like I said, it's been a lot of shit, so I'm gonna just jump into it real fast and then we'll get out of here. So the last episode that we recorded was in June of this year, 2017. And it was the Calling Mary Jane episode. I had my girl Chelsea from Calling Mary Jane. And uh, we talked about cannabis culture and all of that kind of stuff. And that's actually pretty interesting. As I get into my story here, you know what I'm saying? I'll, I'll tell you why that's actually kind of an interesting thing, that that was the last topic that we discussed on this show. But um, so around that time, you know, June, July of this year, whatever, I started, you know, looking for a house. You know what I'm saying? I had been living in an apartment for a long time. And I haven't actually lived in a house since I was a kid. You know what I'm saying? I grew up in a house and everything like that. And, you know, of course, like when I went to college, I was in dorms and in an apartment and, and all that kind of stuff. So I was in an apartment for a long time. And Sometime, I guess maybe last year, um, 2016, I was like, yo, I'm, I'm tired of this, man. I need something bigger and better than this. You know what I'm saying? I was in a one bedroom apartment, which was cool. It was a nice place. But. You know, I felt like I outgrew it, you know? And I said, well, I I need to go ahead and get something bigger and better. Um, So let me go ahead and start looking for an actual house. You know, I've I've mentioned a lot of times over the years that I wanted to leave the area that I live in. And that's something that I still like to do at some point, if possible. But I figured, you know, stop waiting. You know, I'd always waited until the time to move away came for me being able to buy a new home or to buy my first home. You know what I'm saying? So I was just like waiting on that. But. Like I said, at some point I was just looking around that apartment. I said, you know, this doesn't fit me anymore. Um, So I'm going to stop waiting and I'm just going to go ahead and get something. And whenever I do, you know, have a family and, and, you know, get opportunities elsewhere that that I might want to take advantage of, I'll have an asset that I can, you know, profit off of you know what i'm saying by either renting or selling it to somebody else so we started that process that was the the mental preparation for it started you know uh, probably about a year ago but you know around that time summertime is when we actually started hitting the streets uh, i had a wonderful agent her name is april bonds um you know she's in the nc area she's going to be moving away um in a in a few months or whatever, but you know I definitely got to give her a big shout out, man. Um, she works for Keller Williams, you know what I'm saying, and uh you know she's a, a, a you know beautiful, talented sister, and she definitely helped me um, along the way. And you know we started hitting the streets, man, and we started looking for a, a new place for me to stay. And you know it was my first time out. Um, like I said. So it was a brand new experience and I had a chance to, you know, see what it was like, you know, see some of the stuff that I had seen on House Hunters and and heard people discuss when it comes to buying their homes and things like that. And, you know, it was definitely a a very interesting ride. Um, We were in a seller's market. So that means that people selling their homes had the advantage. You know, shit was selling like hotcakes, like no lie, like. Joints were going in a day. There would be times like, you know, April, and all the agents out there. They have a um, a site that they use, which is a, a much more. Um, accurate version of places like Zillow and, and other spots like that, Trulia and all those spots that we as consumers can go on. You know, you can see a house listed on one of those places um, in your area and all that kind of stuff, but the information about it might not be accurate. So, meaning like you might see it listed as um, for sale today, but it might not actually be for sale anymore. It also it, it could be that. Yesterday or Friday, you know, today being a Sunday, but it could be that a couple days ago, it was actually um, an agreement was made between a potential buyer and the seller. And now that The status of that house has been changed. So it's actually not available anymore. It's something that is now pending. It's contingent. You know, these are some of the key words that come up. Well, on the site that that April and all the other agents use, that information has to be up to date within 24 hours. So any change to the status um, of a house has to be put into that system so that the agents know You know what the deal is, you know, so that they can tell their clients, yes, these are places that, you know, are available for us or no, they're not. And there will be times throughout our search, man, where she would send me something on a particular day. And later that day, the next day, the shit was gone. You know, um, I don't remember how many houses we saw in total. But I remember I know that I put in offers on four of them. And the one that I live in now is actually the last one of the four that I put an offer on. Um, like I said, shit was real competitive, man. There were there were some places where, you know, we were all set to go take a look at a spot. And, you know, I think in one case we were on the way to a spot and she got a call. And she was there, she was she was like, yo, I. Um, we can't go over there now because they just got to deal with somebody. They just agreed to terms and all of that kind of stuff. So they're going to start that process of, you know, trying to get everything wrapped up and everything. So, um, you know, there was another place that we saw. Um, it was one of the other ones that I put in an offer on. Um, we saw it on a Friday and it came up on Thursday. So she sent me, she, one thing that she would do is she would send me, um, Information from her site about the different houses. So it would be a picture of the house, you know, all the specs, you know, all that kind of stuff, um, a picture of the outside and then whatever other pictures that they had. So it was a chance for you to kind of get a chance to see what the place looked, out, looked like and, and find out some other key information about it before deciding if you want to go visit or not so she would send me a bunch of those and then i would pick out you know usually like three or four from the group that she sent that i wanted to go see in person so we would go you know we would select those she would you know highlight the people involved on the other side you know we would set things up or whatever and then we would go see the places so she sent me this particular house on you know on a thursday So the next day, Friday I had off, you know, usually don't work on Fridays for most of the year. So had that next day off. We went over there Friday morning, really nice place. You know what I'm saying? I really liked it. Nice neighborhood. Everything looked good. Like I said, we did put in an offer. Um, it was at the top of our, um, budget though. So there wasn't much room to, to operate in terms of being able to negotiate if they didn't just accept the offer that, um, that we put in, you know, from the jump, uh, um, like I said, that was Friday morning by Friday night, they had already accepted an offer from somebody else. And in that case, and I know for sure, at least one other case, people overbid for the places that they got, you know, like a place would be, you know, priced at, you know, price X, but because it was so competitive and because people wanted to get a spot so bad, they would, play, they would overpay by a few thousand dollars or whatever. You know what I mean? So it was like blood sport out there. She was real competitive. And she told me at the beginning of, the, of, you know, even before we got out there, you know, really started looking around. She was like, you know, with the market being what it is right now, whenever you see something that you like, let me know as soon as possible, you know? And that meant like, within the same day, maybe within, you know, either right on the spot or within a couple hours or something like that so that she could start working on everything. Um, and I knew that what she was saying was true or whatever, but, you know, once you start experiencing it, then it's a whole nother story. You know what I mean? So it kind of clicked for me after going through it, you know, a couple of times, you know, not being able to go see places or, you know, having an offer that, that we thought was good you know be rejected because somebody overpaid or you know somebody else was you know quicker to to jump on it or whatever like that so it was a real crazy time um I gotta definitely thank my coworkers. I don't know if any of them will hear this or not but I gotta thank them for um the conversations that we had at work you know when I was when I was in my process and everything you know they are all homeowners and, you know, they were talking about their experiences and, you know, they sort of took interest in, in looking at some of the stuff that I was looking at or whatever. I would show them some stuff every now and then like, yo, check this out. You know what you think of this? Or, you know, this is, you know, out here or whatever, whatever. And, um, you know, so they were not really a, a heavy part of it, but they were sort of a, a part of the journey or whatever. And, you know, eventually I found the place that I'm at now. And, you know, checked it out and, you know, we put in the offer and, you know, they accepted the offer, obviously. And, you know, then we started the whole process of that process of that. And all my homeowners out there, everybody that's that's listening to this, that owns their own home, whether it's a townhouse, single family or other, you know, you all know what it's like to to buy a house, you know, that it's a long process. It actually can be an emotional process um, to some degree. You know, um, there's a lot of stuff involved. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of people. There's tons of paperwork. There's money involved, you know, all kinds of things. You know what I'm saying? It's it's, it's a lot of shit, man. Um, but we were able to get it all done by the time my lease at the apartment was, was going to end, you know, um, my lease ended on September 20th. So that was our our date that we were really shooting to be done by. So we go through the whole process of of the paperwork and the this and the that of, you know, heading towards closing. And uh, we actually closed on September 15th. So officially on September 15th, you know, I became a homeowner for the first time. Um, So go ahead and give me a round of applause for that. You know what I'm saying? You can pause the podcast real quick and just go ahead and clap it up for your boy. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, So September uh, 15th, you know, 2017 or whatever, I was finally done, you know, ran through the tape. Shout out to uh, the boys at TNT, uh, the the basketball crew over there, Kenny Smith and, and, um, you know, chris weber and all those guys i I ran through the tape unlike kenny when they had that foot race um so you know the 15th man was a good day but then shit got real buck wild it was already buck wild because of the whole process of buying the house or whatever like i said all my homeowners y'all know what it is and everybody that's going to buy a home in the future you know it's it's gonna be a process. Markets can be different depending on where you live, but I can say for sure, this is all of the experience that I have. We'll see what it ha- you know what, what it's like the next time. But um, I do have this experience with buying in a, um, a seller's market and a seller's market is really competitive. You know what I'm saying? It depends on where you are and what your price point is and all that kind of stuff. But just a word of advice to anybody that's going to be going through the process and it happens to be in a seller's market take the advice that April gave me which is you know when you see something that you really do like you know let your agent know as soon as you can whether it be on the spot or like like I said earlier within the same day or something like that because Competition is crazy, especially at certain price points, you know what I'm saying? Um, so just be prepared to sort of make a quick decision. You know, don't feel rushed. Don't try to, you know, overdo things or whatever and, and you know, put yourself in a position to, to live in a house or live in a neighborhood or something that you don't really want to be in just because you want to win like your competitive spirit has been sparked in a way that you're just like fuck it I just want to win like when you when you search for a house man you gotta have like the right combination and or balance of the things that you're looking for in that place Um, you know whether whatever sort of wants and needs that you have sort of like cosmetically and functionally um, also you know the neighborhood and, you know, school districts and all those kinds of things, because, you know, like she said to me and like other people have said, you could find the right house, but if it's in the wrong location, then it's not really going to work. So there are things that you'll have to compromise on. Um, You know, there's certain things that you might want that you, you know, don't have and, you know, in this particular place or whatever, but You know, if if all of the other big stuff sort of checks out, then, you know, maybe you can, you know, give up on, you know, certain things because, you know, the rest of it is actually is actually good loot. So I would just say good luck and good hunting. There's so much more that that we could discuss about that. Um, Actually, you know, I I might try to see if I can get April um, and maybe another agent or something like that on to discuss that. I think that would actually be a good topic. Like now that I've been through the process, you know, I have to take some time out to to sort of come up with questions and potential guests and everything like that. But I think actually um, an episode about, you know, the process of buying a home will be pretty dope thing to do or whatever so you know stay tuned for something like that in the future I think that it will be a a really dope conversation that I now could participate in from you know experience or whatever and it could also possibly be you know a learning experience for somebody else you know I just kind of gave a quick little thing right there but you know obviously you know how we do with the one-on-one episodes like there's so much more detail and so many things you know to discuss you know with that topic or whatever so that was that like I said, that was September fifteenth. The next day was the day that I started moving. So I hired some movers, a friend of mine, you know, has a, a husband whose company who who owns a moving company and everything like that. I linked up with them, got everything set up. We're gonna start moving out of my apartment on the sixteenth, because mind you, the twentieth is when I need to be out of um my apartment or whatever. So we start moving on the sixteenth, which was a Saturday. I had those guys, you know, carrying all the big stuff. So, you know, the bedroom furniture and the couch and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I drive an SUV, so I was going to pack up my joint with as much stuff as I could make a few trips, you know, just stuff that I wanted to carry myself. You know what I'm saying? And I lived on the second floor of uh, the apartment that I that I lived on. And there was like um these stairs outside, you know, obviously to get up to the the second floor, or the third floor, or whatever. And I had made a, a couple trips up and down the steps, um, carrying stuff to the to the truck. So I, you know, I make another trip up the stairs and everything. And um, you know, I had a box in my hands. It wasn't heavy or nothing like that. But you know, I had a box in my hands and everything like that. So I'm going down the stairs again. And somehow my right foot slid on the stair and I fell down the stairs and I don't remember it all as it happened or whatever, because it happened so quickly. But somehow I guess my leg got pinned underneath me and I ended up pulling something in my knee. Right. So I'm like, damn, that shit hurt. Like I could tell like I did something, you know, bad. Cause I hadn't felt a pain like that before. Um, I was coming down the first set of stairs. So I was coming down the, the first set of stairs, then there's like a little um, you know, landing or whatever, and then you go down to the next set of stairs to get down to the steps. So I can't, I felt on that first set. Slide down the last few stairs or whatever, leg gets pinned underneath me and everything like that. So oh shit, damn, that kinda hurt, man. What's you know, what's up with that? I roll myself over to the next set of stairs. So now I'm sitting at the top of the next flight of stairs with my legs down like a couple steps, right? I look down at my leg and my kneecap is about four or five inches high. So it's like in my thigh. You know what I mean? That right there let me know that I really fucked up. Because, like I said, the pain of me falling was one thing. I knew that it was something. I was like, I've never felt this before. This shit hurt. But when I looked down and saw my kneecap was in my thigh, I was like, oh shit, I'm really in trouble. You know what I mean? So couldn't stand up for a while. I I couldn't put any weight on my leg. Couldn't stand up. Those guys continued to work. One of them actually gave me a paper towel with some ice. Um, You know, they couldn't find any plastic bags or anything like that. So they just gave me a paper towel with some ice in it. And um, I was sitting on the stairs, you know, trying to ice my knee. Couldn't stand up. Like I said, couldn't put any weight on it for long. That's something. I was just sitting there like, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. You know, made some calls to some people or whatever. Couldn't catch anybody. The folks weren't answering their phone or they were at work or they were busy, whatever, whatever, whatever. So I'm like, shit, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. But I got to, you know. I got to get up from here and I got to drive over to this new place to let these guys into the new spot. So eventually I was able to stand up. I was able to go up and down the stairs, lock up the apartment once they were done grabbing everything that they were there to get. Uh, One of them helped me get into the car and um, I don't know how, but you know, I was able to drive from the old apartment to my new house now. And it's about a 20 minute ride. Um, I, I guess it's one of those things where like, you know, you hear about people who, um, get like superhuman strength and they can lift up a refrigerator or, or, you know, like you're in a, in a dire situation, you don't have any other options. So you sort of tap into a mental or physical strength that you didn't know was there and it might be a one-time thing just because of whatever the situation is you know but somehow you're able to to call on this strength and do it so I, I guess it was sort of that like I knew I didn't have any other options I need to get from here to there I was able to grind it out but I'm telling you when I drove that car those 20 minutes it was one of the most other than initially hurting my knee you know what I'm saying like which happened you know an hour or so ago that was probably the most painful part of the whole process you know what I'm saying I was literally in the car like grinding like grunting and groaning like ah ah!" every time I had to like you know move my leg from like the gas pedal to the brakes going to the brakes was the worst that was the fucking worst man you know having to shift my leg um with this, you know, whatever at the time, I didn't know what it was but this, whatever I just did to my knee, you know, going on, made it over to the new place, let them in, they put the stuff where it needed to go. Um, my new, uh, living room furniture was delivered that day earlier that morning or whatever. So when I got in, I just plopped down on the couch and just sat there. Um, luckily a friend of mine from out of town called, Said she was in town. Shout out to Shell. She said she was in town, you know, for another person's, um, another friend's birthday or whatever. So if I need anything, you know, just give her a call, let her know, or whatever. Call her back and say, yeah, I need to go to Urgent Care, man. <laughs> so she came out to my new place, took me to the one Urgent Care that we found that was still open. I don't know why these Urgent Care's close so early. There's one, like, literally down the street from where I live at. And they close at like two o'clock in the afternoon. You know what I mean? So we went to the place. It was a few miles away, about five miles away. Got in there. They they took an x-ray, said there was no broken bones, but it was, it was you know, completely swollen and all that kind of stuff. And they said, you know, within about four to seven days of, you know, you continuing to ice it and taking this ibuprofen that we're going to prescribe for you, um, go see an orthopedist, and they'll be able to tell you you know what the deal really is with your knee so I did that I think it was about a full week later I went to the orthopedist and you know the funny thing was that I was able to still like I wasn't able to walk very well and I wasn't able to do too much like the first day or two and like I said I got hurt on a Friday I mean on a Saturday the day after closing let's remember that the day after closing my house I fucked closing on my house I fucked my knee up <laughs> um but I missed Monday and Tuesday of the next week, but I was at work um, the the Wednesday and Thursday. And in the following week, I was at work, you know, my four days, those that week as well, um, went to the orthopedist and, you know, long story short, find out that I tore the patella tendon in my right knee. And for those that might not know, the patella is your kneecap. Patella is like the the clinical term for your kneecap. So the patella tendon is what holds your kneecap in place and it goes from like your thigh bone to your shin bone. It holds your kneecap in place and it's one of the things that allows you to straighten your leg out, to bend your leg and all that kind of stuff. So I tore mine and actually the MRI showed that I tore mine in half. Um the doctor told me people usually tear it um, you know, clean off the bone on either end. So they, you know, completely rip it off the thigh bone or completely rip it off of the shin bone, but the tendon is actually still intact. So what you have to do in those cases is just pull it in whatever direction that it needs to go. So if you rip it off of your thigh bone, then just pull it up, pull it back up, you know, it shrivels up and everything like that. So just pull it back up to the thigh bone, reattach it and secure it and all that kind of stuff. And if it's the other way, then you do it the other way around. So you pull it down to the shin bone. Um, mine ripped right in half. So it ripped in half and then the two ends curled up, you know, in opposite directions. So what they had to do is go in there and... Um, you know sew that back together and then reinforce it i think they said they were going to take you know a little bit of my hamstring tissue or muscle or whatever and and go in there and fix that up so to reinforce it so they did that um had my surgery at the end of september and you know i'm now nine weeks out of surgery um actually today is the start of week number 10 um so we're, we're now starting week number 10 but Just to give you a little bit about that, like, had the surgery. I remember these dates, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) September 29th, I had my surgery. So it was like two weeks. And they actually told me that when you have this injury, you have to get it surgically repaired. There's not really a a non surgical way to fix it. So you have to go in and get it done. And they want to get it done within the first two weeks of the injury. So actually, the day that they did the surgery was um, two weeks. Actually, the next day would have been two weeks right on the dot. That would have been a complete 14 days. So I got it done um, on the 13th day. Um, you know, what I mean, so surgery, they fixed it. You know, I have this wonderful scar, which many of you might have seen over over the course of me dealing with the injury. Um And uh, it looks a lot better now. Obviously, it's healed up and everything. But, you know, long process um, of recovery. You know, the first couple weeks were probably the worst. You know, just to give you a little bit about what that was like. I was in a leg brace that was locked straight. Um, And actually, I had to wear that brace locked straight for six weeks. Um, The first two weeks were the most important because when you have... When you have this injury, um, you have to keep the leg straight because the tendon itself stretches when you bend your legs. So you don't want to bend your leg in those, especially in those first couple of weeks, because you could stretch it out or you know possibly even you know rip it apart or whatever. So it's real important that you keep the leg straight um, in those first couple of weeks, and you really can't do shit. One thing that I've learned is that everything is connected. I think we know that. You know, our bodies are, you know, one unit and everything like that and that everything works together. But I I think unless you have some type of illness or some kind of injury that sort of disrupts that flow, then you sort of learn that, okay, all of this shit is connected. So going into this, I said, okay, well, I hurt my knee whenever I start my physical therapy, which didn't start until week three it's going to be a lot of knee stuff. Well, that wasn't actually true. The majority of the exercises that I was doing and still do to this day, cause I still do everything, you know, um, at least once, but normally twice a day, a lot of this stuff is like quad stuff and hamstring stuff. And, you know, all of that, of course there's like the flexibility and everything like that, being able to, to bend and all of that kind of stuff. But, you really have to start from scratch. Like the focal point of the rehab is the knee, but the entire leg needs to be worked. The My right leg became physically smaller, like my quadricep and all that is physically smaller. Even now, you know, than the left leg was, you know what I'm saying? The left leg is, but, you know, you go from zero to working back up to 100 percent. When you have something like that happen to you. And like I said, those first couple weeks, you know, pain medication, um, you know, the brace, the brace is metal. It's heavy. Your leg is like dead weight, basically, you know, because it's completely shot. Now it's weak. Um, like I said, you, you lose everything atrophies. It's so crazy. I was talking to the doctor one day. I think it was like maybe my four week visit. And we were talking about some things and I had started my PT in my third week, like I said. And, you know, so we're just getting started with all that kind of stuff. And we were talking about, like, how crazy it is, like, for you to get out of shape or for your muscles to atrophy when you have an injury so quickly. But it takes you forever to build back up. So if you decide, okay, I want to lose weight, I want to get in shape. It's going to take you a while before you actually start seeing results. But. If you're a person that's in shape already, but you have a couple of weeks where you kind of slack, like shit is crazy at the job, you don't have time to work out, you'll start noticing that you're getting out of shape pretty quickly, right? So, you know, we're talking about all that kind of stuff or whatever. And again, this is sort of a, a short and sweet. I think an episode on, you know, on this topic of surgery and recovery and everything would also be something that would be pretty dope. Uh, I have an idea for that because it's it's very. It's a very long process um, mentally and physically. And I think that one thing that I've learned in dealing with this injury um, again, you know, the whole time that I've been in my new house, I've been dealing with this injury. You know, what I'm saying so I've been able to enjoy it more and more the last couple of weeks because in week six, we finally unlocked the brace. And, um, you know, I've, I've been walking around without the brace on the last couple weeks um you know I went back to work and and after like six and a half weeks so I was out the entire month of October went back on November 15th um and it was good to get back you know and be around the folks that I work with and everything like that because you know being stuck in the house you know for something like you know an injury or an illness or whatever, that shit was the worst. You know what I mean? So to be around other people again and to sort of get back into doing normal stuff um, was definitely a, a big step. Um, so I think that delving into that is something that I wanna do um, to where I can sort of go into more detail about what happened. I'm giving you sort of the short and sweet, but if you if you follow me on Twitter um, at L Brothers Media, um, or if you're a Facebook friend of mine, then, you know, <laughs> you probably have seen me discuss this because that's one of the things that I did. I, I talked a lot about it on um, on my social media, just the things that I was going through um, and sort of the process of it. So, you know, if, if, if you have seen that stuff, then you sort of know. But just to give you sort of a short sweet. But I will say this, though, um, like I said there's more to it than you expect. Like, I thought that it would just be working on my knee. But like I said, there's all this other stuff that I need to do to strengthen to strengthen my entire leg. The whole right leg needs work with the focus being the knee so that everything works in concert as it's supposed to do. The physical side of it is one thing, but the mental side of it is something that you really can't prepare yourself for. And you really don't have... Any full understanding of until you sort of go through something like that. And and I would imagine that any person out there listening to this, that's been through some type of a surgery, whether it was because of an illness or an injury, and you sort of had a, a process to go through, excuse me, from the moment that whatever happened to you happened to the moment that you were completely healthy again there was a process. There was a lot of steps. There was a lot of things that, you know, you sort of could wrap your mind around. But there was a lot of stuff probably that you couldn't really fully understand until you started going through those things. Um, and I think that, you know, in, in an episode about that, I would like to talk about that type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Like what a person was going through. And, I, and I'll say this, too. One thing that helped me out when I was going through the earliest stages of of my process was, you know, I'm sort of curious about things anyway. So even before I had my surgery and before I started my physical therapy, I went to YouTube to sort of see like some of the rehab exercises and some of the things that, you know, they might have me doing Um when it came to the part where we start working on the physical thing, because the first couple of weeks you're just sitting around is that like that's really hell. Like you can't sleep at night. You can't get comfortable. You know, you can't really go anywhere. You're very limited in what you can do. I had told people that I was really um, excited about going to physical therapy once we got started with that, because I felt like once they took me in there and they did the surgery that I was already placed on the road to recovery. But for those first couple of weeks, like I was stuck in traffic. So I'm on the road, but we're not moving. Um, so when week three finally came and we got to getting started with the PT, then I felt like, OK, now we're moving. Now we're actually making progress. Now there's things that I can see, that I can measure, that I can discuss that are different. OK, today I can do this. I couldn't do this yesterday. I couldn't do this last week. You know what I'm saying? Like the progress was something that was measurable. Whereas before that, when I just you know had to you know, stay on the couch all day and all that kind of stuff, there were things going on that were actually, you know, healing, but I couldn't see it. I couldn't feel it. You know what I'm saying? It was all going on under the surface. But um, so and you experienced some dark moments in those times, you know what I'm saying? As much as you want to keep a positive attitude and outlook, and y'all know I usually try to do that and, you know, keep a positive vibe around me at all times. You do have times where your mind just goes somewhere else, you know, Um, especially when you can't go to sleep at night. Um, You're tired. You got all these meds in you. You're in pain. You know, your mobility is taken away from you. Your independence has been taken away from you because you can't walk, you know. I had to have people take me places when I needed to go somewhere. I remember telling the physical therapist when I first met him um, for our first session. um, He asked me what happened to me and I explained it to him and, you know, mentioned the whole thing about, you know, I just finished closing on the house in home nine. And he said, you know, speaking of the house, like, how is that new house? I was like, you know what? It's it's cool, but I'm tired of it because I've been trapped in that motherfucker since I got hurt. I was like, this is literally like the third time that I left my house. So I had the surgery. And then, like I said, we didn't start PT until my third week of um, out of surgery. I had left the house at that point twice. When I went to go see him the first time, that was the third time I had left my house. You know what I'm saying? So that part of it is something that you can't prepare for. But. When I when I went to YouTube to find the videos about some of the PT exercises and things like that, that I might be doing, I came across people who had videos of their recovery. So other people that had the surgery and sort of chronicled what they had gone through with it. And I started watching some of those and it might not be useful for everybody, but for me, it was very helpful to see somebody else had gone through the same thing you know obviously I know I'm not the only person that's had this injury I'm not the only person that's ever had this surgery um there's been millions of people you know who have gone through it or whatever for all I know you know the same doctor that performed my surgery on me that morning could have done three or four other ones you know the same day could have you know fixed three or four other patella tendons the same day you know what I'm saying like but You feel alone. You almost feel like you're by yourself. You know what I'm saying? And even if you've got people with you and you got, you know, folks that you can talk to and all that kind of stuff, um, it's still your, your journey. It's still your weight to bear, your cross to carry when you go through something like that. Um, And I didn't know anybody that had the same surgery. I did find out along the way that I know a lot of people that have actually had, you know, knee surgeries or back surgeries or different things like that. There's a lot of people that I know that have had injuries that I did that I wasn't aware of. But in the process of talking about my shit, there was like, oh yeah, I had knee surgery two years ago. I had this or that. I'm like, damn, I didn't even know that, yo. You know what I'm saying? But watching the videos, um, and seeing stuff that other people were going through made me feel a little bit better, you know, and it also encouraged me to, you know, continue to do what I'm doing. You know, I'll give you a quick example. Um, when I was in my third week, I watched this video of this guy who at the time was in his third week. I think he had shot all of this, this all of this happened to him a few years ago. So, you know, at this point he's, you know, completely fine, but when he shot this stuff he was in his third week and one thing that he talked about was he talked about like um where he was at physically he was just getting started with his physical therapy he was talking about how much he could bend his knee which at that time was about 30 degrees I was around 30 degrees I think I was a little further than that I could bend it like to maybe like 33 degrees or something like that um so I was a little further along than him in terms of like how much I could bend my knee but um So I was like, okay, yeah, we're roughly at the same point in what we can do physically. But one of the things that that the thing actually the thing that stood out the most to me in watching that video was when he talked about how difficult it was to sleep at night. He was like, I'm back and forth between my bed and my recliner. And in some ways, it's actually easier to sleep. In the recliner than it is for me to sleep in the bed because I can't get comfortable in the bed and da da da. He was just saying all of this stuff. And I was like, yo, that's exactly what the fuck I'm dealing with right now. Like it was hard to go to sleep at night. I had one night where I fell asleep and I was out for a couple hours. At some point I had to go to the bathroom. So I got up, you know, went to the bathroom and everything. Um and I laid back down. I think I still was wearing the brace at night to sleep in which was that's hell, you can't you can't even get comfortable with that thing. And I couldn't go back to sleep, man. It took me like four hours to fall back asleep. Cause the brace was was bothering me. You know, it was heavy, you can't roll over, you can't do this, you can't do that. And so when my man said that, you know, it's easier for him to sleep on his chair, it was easier for me to sleep on my couch. So You know, just to know that somebody else had gone through that, it was almost like we were going through it together. I never met this man, never seen him, never talked to him, none of that. But it was kind of like I felt like a kinship with him, if that makes sense, you know, Um, because he said that he was experiencing... The injury and then the recovery in, in a way that was something that was, you know, going on with me at the time. So I, I just kept watching videos whenever I could find something where somebody was at the same stage or close to it, you know, that I was at, at that particular point. And that was something that was really useful to me. Um, So that's pretty much it, man. You know, like I said, I'm in the start of week 10 doing a lot better. No brace, you know. I'm walking around pretty normally. Um, my last PT session was a couple of days ago, and we um, started working on like what I call power stuff. So like pushing off on your leg, you know, being able to stand up and all of that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I was being, I was able to stand up, but I, you know, was using my arms to push off on the arms of the chair and using my left leg to really plant and push. You know, he had me do some stuff the other day that I hadn't even tried because I didn't want to do too much. You know, you have to find a balance between what your ultimate goal is and the smaller steps that it takes to get there. And then also find a balance between what you think you can do and what you want to do and what you actually physically can. So in, in trying to find that balance, I hadn't tried to stand up, you know, without using something to push off. Um, I haven't tried to walk up a flight of stairs normally, one foot at a time, and things like that, because I'm like, that would be doing too much. I don't want to have a setback. He had me go in there the other day and he was like, OK, well, we want to see I'm going to do run a little test and see how many times you can stand up and sit down um, without using the arms of your chair, you know, within 30 seconds. So I was like, all right, we'll try it. I was like, I haven't tried this, so I don't know if I can do it. I tried it, stood up. I was like, oh, shit, I didn't even know I could do that. So then he said, I'm going to go ahead and start the timer. I stood up and sat down eight times in 30 seconds. That was eight more times than I thought that I could do because, like I said, I hadn't even tried it. So I was really happy with the progress that I made with that. And we did some other things, you know, working with some stairs and you know, some other stuff like that. So we did a bunch of new things and I've actually got I've added those to my daily um, exercises that I do at the house and everything. So now I get a, a, a real workout in here now, man, you know, working up a sweat, working on these new things because I haven't, you know, gotten to the point where they're easy yet. So they really push me. But things are going well, man. So, you know, hopefully. We'll continue on this ride and and this leg will continue to get better and I'll be back at 100 percent soon. Um, But that's pretty much it, man. I mean, that was kind of a sort of short and sweet version of everything. There's plenty more that I could explain to y'all. But like I said, I think we can we can definitely do an episode about that. Um, I want to bring some people on to talk about their surgeries, their situations, the the physical side, the mental side of it, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, stay tuned for that kind of thing. And also, of course, you know, the mixtapes and everything. I don't have everything set up just yet. Um, you know, I've got a, one of the extra bedrooms in here is is now my office. And I just got the computer set up in here um, last week. You know, I had gone this whole time without it all set up. And I'm not even on my normal microphone. I, I still have my snowball mic that I that I used when I first started the podcast which is what I'm talking to you on now but my other microphone and my mixer and stuff like that all oh, that's not hooked up yet but we'll get the complete setup and um you know I want to get a new desk and all that kind of stuff so you know there's still more work to be done in terms of getting the place set up but I do have you know the computer set up and the snowball set up and everything so I wanted to get on the microphone and, and just check in with y'all real quick Give y'all a little bit of what's been going on with me. Like I said, if you've been following me on social media, then you you probably know these things, but you know, other folks out there might not know. Um, so, yeah, that's that's why I've been gone for so long, man, from from June to <laughs> to now. Oh, and I, I did want to say that the reason why um the cannabis episode being the last one was interesting is that, you know, since I've had the injury or whatever, you know, one thing that we talked about on that episode was um, the medicinal benefits of cannabis or whatever. And it's something I've actually been kind of interested in and intrigued by since I've had my surgery. Um, I don't know, you know, where that will go to or whatever but it's it's at least like hmm you know they do say that it has it's you know medical benefits or whatever like that so you know we'll see about whatever that that um turns into or whatever but I could definitely see Even though I don't have any experience with marijuana as a as a as a medicine, you know, I've smoked before, um, you know, recreationally with other people. It was never really my thing. But, you know, I've done it in the past or whatever with other people that was just trying to get high and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, every now and then I would be like, okay, well, I'll I'll smoke with y'all. But, you know, most of the time I didn't. But that was just like the recreational side. But sort of the curiosity of the things that Chelsea and I talked about and, you know, the information that's available to you about um, how it can help you deal with pain and, and, you know, illness and injury and all that kind of stuff. Since I've actually had a major injury that I've been going through over the last several weeks now, you know, so it's like, Hmm, I'm, you know, kind of curious about what, what that would be like if, you know, if I actually was in a state where (laughs) the medical, was was available or whatever. But, you know, if, if nothing else, it's a curiosity. But, you know, it's just something to, to, that that I that did come across my mind a few times. You know what I'm saying? Like, damn, I, I wonder if I was if I was in Colorado or if I was in California right now and they actually gave me the option instead of Percocet and all these other things that they want to give me for pain medication, especially these first few weeks. If they could give me the medical marijuana instead or whatever, like I would probably take that and, you know, use that as, as opposed to what are actually harder drugs and, and more addictive drugs. I mean, you can become addicted to anything, but, you know, those things are, are can be much more of a problem for people um so that was that was the whole thing that i mentioned earlier i I almost forgot to mention that on my way out the door but that's why i said that the cannabis uh episode being the last one that was recorded before this one was interesting or whatever it's because of of that whole thing but anyway man you know i'm gonna go ahead and get out of here i've been rambling hopefully this shit makes sense um Good to get back out here. Hopefully, hopefully you enjoy having me back in your eardrums and I'll be back sometime, you know, sooner than however many months has been since the last time. I will work on those ones that I mentioned, though. You know, normally I don't tell y'all the topics ahead of time, but, you know, with those or whatever, you know. I figured I would just go ahead and, and sort of lay the groundwork for that. I'll work on those. I'll get people to join me and we'll delve deeper into, you know, buying a home um, and, and what it's like to go through a surgery from an illness or an injury and sort of the the rehab process and. You know the things that a person goes through um when they have situations like that happen to them or whatever and then like I said you know I'll come up with some more music themes and, and and we'll get out there and start jamming again so you know no set schedule for that stuff but you know stay tuned for it and we'll be back and definitely go back into the archives and check out the stuff that we've already done you know what I'm saying we've had a lot of fun on here with the different topics and the different music mixes and everything but um Whenever the time comes for me to get back on here, i get back on here again soon, man. But it's good to be back, though. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, we're going to continue this ride, man. So that's it for now. I'll holler at y'all next time. Social media, at L Brothers Media, at Look, Listen, Pod on Twitter, um, L Brothers Media on Instagram, uh, LBrothersMedia.com. That's it, man. Look and Listen Podcast. We out of here.